0: Vibrations Podcast, Part 46, Anna Robb, recorded on Tuesday the 22nd of August 2023. Hi, I'm Gary Brightman and this is my periodic podcast called Vibrations. Established in 2018, Vibe is a book and music shop situated in Moiwo on Lantau Island in Hong Kong. So what's been happening at the shop recently? Vibe version 3.0 is more or less completed now, with the last bits including new ceiling and in-house sound system and a better and more configurable performance space. Many thanks go to Stephen Walsh for making it all happen, whilst not affecting service. Why not come and see the new revamped Vibe soon? Over the past 12 months, our trading has dropped by 60%, and where a lot of restaurants and small businesses have ceased trading, we have managed to keep going whilst operating at a loss during this period. But it's just not sustainable long term. We tried to sell the signed Miracanto Pop Group CD to raise funds, but failed to gain an acceptable offer for it. We've therefore decided to keep it on display for Mirror fans to come and see. Since our fifth anniversary, we've had two events at the shop. A Lantau co-steering presentation from Charmian Woodhouse and Cathy Cole, and father and son, Glen Alfred and Callum, playing a very cool gig. You can see both events on our YouTube channel at Live at VibeHK or on Instagram at Vibe HK. In November, it's the Inter Island Festival run by Chun, Kit, and Miriam from Peng Chau. Inter Island Festival is an art and life event that borrows the existing inter island ferry connection between Peng Chau, Muiwo, Chi Wan and Cheng Chau to celebrate and build upon the rich and varied cultures of living by the sea. In Hong Kong. To celebrate this festival, Vibe will host Harper Shelley Cox on Saturday the 11th of November with a sea-themed set. And on Saturday the 25th of November, Les Bird will come and talk about his experiences from his beginnings with the Marine police in the colonial era and being posted to Tayo and with the Vietnamese refugees in Dai O Chau in the Soko Islands. Green Island, Wan, and Hailing Chow. And so, to this week's interview with Anna Robb. Anna Robb is the executive director for Our Legacy Creations, a global live entertainment company launched this year 2023. Prior to starting this new venture, Anna was the COO of Dragone, known for its iconic theater shows such as The House of Dancing Water in Macau, La Pearl in Dubai, La Rêve in Las Vegas, and Celine Dion's A New Day residency show. Originally from Australia, Anna's 23-year career in live entertainment has taken her around the world. She has created shows in the Americas, Africa, the Middle East, Europe and in many countries across Asia. Anna has worked on concerts, Arena events, corporate shows, trade shows, musical theatre, plays, dance, circus, outdoor festivals and mega shows. Always behind the scenes, Anna has been involved in the execution of some of the largest show creations in the world, including The Beatles' Love by Cirque du Soleil and The House of Dancing Water by Dragone. She has not only worked through the process of research and development training and formation and creation, but has also run the operations of these shows. Two shows per day, five days a week, year after year, dealing with all the trials and tribulations of running multi-million dollar theatrical shows for millions of spectators to enjoy. Anna holds a BA honours degree in design for theatre and television and is also the co-founder and managing director for theatreartlife.com, an online platform for entertainment industry professionals. Welcome to Vibe, Anna.
1: Thank you, Gary. It's nice to be here.
0: As we do, we're going to start off with 10 questions. What is your favourite author or authors?
1: I have a really hard time answering that question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially sitting in a bookstore. I was a big, avid reader when I was a kid, and uh, I've read everything. And so I don't tend to have a favorite I'd bounce around between genres and 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 things like that when I was a kid I think I read the entire teenage section by the time I was 12 and then my I lived in a small country town by the way so that wasn't a hard thing to do (laughs) but then my mother used to select um, adult books for me to read so I I think my reading ability went very high very quickly and I was reading all sorts of things I probably shouldn't have because you know they were fairly high level concepts and things like that so I would say that I now bounce around I don't have a lot of time to read but I'll read I'll try to etch out a few fiction books here and then i like yeah. murder mystery sort of books informational books the last book i read was adhd 2.0 which was a okay it's the latest studies on um on the adhd because my son's been diagnosed with it and okay. it's fascinating um yeah. insights into the mind and and how adh works and it's just uh having this i have a son my son's sort of formally diagnosed on the spectrum. So trying yeah. to understand his brain and yeah. everything is a, is, is a important thing to do as a parent. So a- absolutely. When I was a kid, I was a massive rereader reader just yes. because there was never enough books, um, yeah. in, in the, uh, in the, on the bookshelf for me, but now, no, never. I, I don't have the comfort book. So I want to, yeah. I want to look and see something new every time. And the weirdest thing is if I go to a bookstore, I'm always just overwhelmed, but for the choice. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like absolutely. I really
0: Even I am in my own bookstore, so I know where you're at with that. Yeah, I was for like, sure. How
1: could I choose one? There's going to be so many good ones, and I, you know, especially when you're so time poor. Yeah. And and you don't really etch out the time. It is really my goal over the next ten years to to get back into regular yes, con- yeah consumption of. It's a nice yeah. way to relax instead of watching Netflix or. And I'm on computer a lot of the day these days, so to get away yeah. from that and and be on in a book is proper, a proper
0: yeah probably. yeah can see, yeah, 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 not straining your eyes too or whatever. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your favourite music or artist?
1: Uh well having worked in entertainment for so long, I've just been exposed to so many genres of music and composers and compositions. So I love all styles of music, but if you're if you're looking for my comfort yeah. music, I'm I'm a country girl.
0: Okay. So That's interesting. I,
1: yeah, when I feel um, sort of a little bit discombobulated i guess yeah. in my life uh, you know if i listen to country music it reminds me of my roots in australia and it's very okay. calming for me so right. that's my go-to music yeah.
0: so by that you mean uh, you american country music or do you mean australian both actually yeah, okay. because we have influences yes. in
1: australia from yeah. both uh both country musics you know the Casey Chambers and the Dixie Chicks which isn't called the Dixie Chicks anymore they're called the Chicks because there's something politically wrong about Ah. calling the Dixie Chicks the Dixie Chicks now I didn't know that yeah (laughs) um you know uh all kinds of country and there's great modern country too now like I mean if you I talk about that genre because that's when I what I listened to when I was um you know a teenager but now I sort of stay up to date with um the more modern country yes, music yes. as well and i just really enjoy it and and yeah. it reminds me of uh one thing i miss about living in hong kong is big long drives and yeah. in australia yeah. you're always in the car for a few hours at a time yeah. listening to music and yes. cruising the country roads yeah and, and it reminds me of those definitely things with you I, on
0: that and the beautiful yeah. thing
1: about that for me is that now because i've lived on four continents and um I've done drives and things like that, so sometimes I'll hear music and it and it reminds me of yeah. when I lived in America, or it reminds me of when I lived in Belgium, yes. and it and it and it it's like chapters. Music for me is like chapters of my life.
0: Yes, and yes. Um,
1: I often define my eras by the music that I was exposed to or listening yeah. to at the time, and yeah. um, and I love that because it's yeah. kind of its own little narrative.
0: Okay. What about again? Films. You, you must have seen a few films in your time. <laughs> Any particular?
1: Yeah. You know what? I I was thinking about films the other day. The only we talk about rewatching films. The only yes. film that I've probably watched over and over again is Shawshank Redemption.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Classic. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I
1: don't know because again, I'm not a, like books. I'm not much of a rewatcher of movies. But no. that one for me is uh, it's just. It's such a beautiful story of it strength and friendship and
0: yeah
1: fierceness and I just really identify with the themes in yes. that movie and, and yeah, yeah and, I, and I just the actors the acting in it is just incredible. It is outstanding, is it, to go it's
0: outstanding isn't it It's
1: been back. really interesting though recently with the I don't know if you've seen Barbie or Oppenheimer but you know not the yet. you know I've been very disenchanted mm. by the Marvel movies and me too. I just I, I'm just not uh, it's not good movies for me and I'm not me interested neither. in any of those things and so you know I, i've seen barbie i haven't seen oppenheimer but what i love about it is that people are going out to the cinema again to yes. see something and yes. i think that's that's not because people never wanted to go to the cinema it's just because it's not there hasn't yeah. been great movies made in the yeah, last right. and then the homogenization yeah. of that of entertainment yeah. like that is also something that i'm as an artist yeah I, I, i'm very against you yeah. know there's something about a company getting too big and and, yes. and putting their brand everywhere that, it, that yeah. stifles creativity and art. And, yes. and, and I really hope that, that that turn happens. However, I will say, as a, a 44-year-old woman, the second Top Gun yeah. I really enjoyed as oh, really? a franchise, because, okay. I was, because I was a yeah. kid when that first yes. one came up, yeah. and, and the second one was such an homage to the first one. Yeah. So, and that, you know, America is great and, and um, you know, it just, there's was, there was such a belief in the American psyche of, um, yeah.
0: of
1: you know, being the best in the world and and and, and triumphing over evil and yes. all of that sort of stuff. And sometimes it's okay just to go back to that story yeah, and live back, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, you don't have yeah. to be always progressive and woke, yeah. woke about stuff, you know? Yeah.
0: Okay, so moving on to drink. <laughs> yes. I know it's a bit early, but... Uh
1: Oh, my drink of choice. Always a. Uh, I, I love whiskey and wine, are my two drinks of choice. Okay. Yeah. I'm not much yeah. of a cocktail or beer. I, yeah. I, I enjoy a good cold beer, but never more than one. So
0: yeah. I like
1: a good red wine. The. Um, you Know Leader Key over here that yeah. has a lot of good South African reds, and he does
0: for sure. Yeah. yeah, Solomon. Let's give him a plug, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Solomon Bass, <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: So, um, they always expose me to the, the new stuff there. Yes. And coming from Australia, you know, we have great um Sauvignon yeah, Blancs, and yeah. uh, and also yeah. I come from a wine region in Australia, okay. Um, and so, uh, I love going home to where my father lives because there's always lots of wineries around there, okay. And, they sell some of the best stuff at their cellar door yeah. rather than exporting it overseas. Wow, well, so. that's, yeah, <laughs> that's what they
0: always told us about the French. You know, they're giving us English the rubbish and they're keeping the best. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? That's <laughs> Why it. wouldn't you do that? Yeah. So where is that wine region? Where, where did you grow up?
1: Um, I grew up in the a small town of Mansfield, which is in the okay. high country of Victoria. And it's near... Now my dad lives in Wangarata, which is near the Millawa region, okay. the Millilow wine region. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, those areas all, used to be sort of, um, many years ago, tobacco fields. And a lot okay. of the Italians who immigrated there ran tobacco farms. And then oh. over time, when tobacco became out of fad, a lot yes. of those turned into wineries. Wow. Yeah, vineyards, yeah.
0: So, I mean, you've had a very busy and active life uh, creatively and what do you have some sort of life motto that you go by or, or is there just too many
1: no i do actually it's a, yeah, it's okay, a quote so. by james a mishner and he says uh the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play his labor and his leisure his mind and his body his information and his recreation his love and his religion he hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he's working or playing. To him, he's always doing both. And the reason I that, do like that. And the reason that resonates with me is because a lot of people talk about work-life balance. And um, I'm i'm a person that has devoted my life to the industry that i work in and there is no balance in that it is all consuming and when you work in entertainment you work weekends you work public holidays you work on christmas you miss weddings you miss funerals and and it's a choice you have to make yeah. And um but because I enjoy it it's not work for me and that's why the whole Yeah. to decide whether you're I working or playing I'm yeah. it, it is it is a activation of play for me what I yes. do for a living and so it read that quote resonates with me because it's not there's no division there for me, no. it's part of who I am.
0: Do you have any favorite walks? Do you have time for walking then in that case? Oh
1: yes, <laughs> yeah. I um, just on Sunday did the two yeah. peaks of Lantau.
0: Okay, Yeah, Impressed. I did Sunset
1: Peak and Lantau Peak for the first time together, so that was a yeah. bit of an effort. Um, yeah, Yeah. You started
0: early, I guess. So. I did
1: it at 6am, yeah, so yeah. I finished before 12. Um, but um, no, I love, uh, part of being on Lantau Island is yeah. walking out the door and being, having a hike two yeah. hours in any direction yeah so um i regularly hike up to the top of the db hill there yeah if i don't have a lot of time i'll yeah. go up there for a quick you know escalation there yeah. and then when i've got more time on the weekends i'll try and do um you know a good section here yeah. or there um I try to encourage my family to come along but a lot of <laughs> them are not there. my kids are not keen to go and do a big hike yeah. unfortunately and 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 now that i've done both of those peaks i've got three sections to do and i'll have done the entire lantau trail which i feel a little bit depressed about because i was like i've been here for six years i should have done it all by already well
0: yeah yeah Yeah. what about restaurants do you go out much in terms of food or do you eat at home more?
1: Ah uh, yeah, I do, we don't, I mean on the weekend we'll bust around we really well and probably get yeah. some takeaway, get some yeah. mental pizza or, or yeah. things like that when we can't be, cook. But a lot of time we'll cook at home and eat. Yeah. Um, and because it's, you know, we don't go, I don't have to go into the city for work. I'm not yes. out there eating at restaurants and stuff like yeah. that there very often. Just circulate through the Muiwo circuit and um, all cook at home. I'm I'm fairly, because I get on a plane a lot, right? And when when we're traveling for work, I'm always eating out and I'm always around and about doing those sort of things. So when I'm home, I want to be home.
0: Yeah. What's the best advice you were given?
1: Yeah, I have, it's very kind of industry specific because most of my life I've been a stage manager and worked on in theater and in shows. Yeah. And um, one of my mentors, Um, said to me when I was younger, Anna, it doesn't matter, you know, how high you get in the industry and how much you get paid, you must always be ready to sweep the stage if that's what it takes to get the show going. And um, I definitely... Australians definitely have that kind of mod, that kind of ethos when yeah. they work overseas and I am that kind of I'll do what it takes to get the show running yeah. even if it's not within my scope of work and it yeah. and it's about respect for the stage right like
0: Really yeah sweeping absolutely. the stage
1: and the preparation for audience coming in and um and doing due diligence for yeah. for for that
0: Yeah I She's, remember yeah. years
1: ago I did this very young I was I did a project in Vietnam and it was a corporate event and uh, the designer had left, and for some reason things weren't going well. And I had we sat to set up for this um, dinner in an art gallery. It was beautiful yeah. space, outdoor area, and I had this whole team of Vietnamese people, and they were trying to focus lights on the. Um, statues and stuff like that and they were doing it all wrong and i was like the white lady boss right so and they were just and the the translation became so difficult and i and i when i first was in the industry i used to rig a lot of lights used to run a lot of cable i know lighting really i I was did a lot of tech work
0: right
1: so i got so and we didn't have time so i said to the guys give me your gloves you know and they're like give me a gloomy, sweaty,
0: you know, yeah, yeah. smelly gloves. Yeah, nice and, and then
1: I put them on and I'm running around focusing the lights And, and you should have seen these Vietnamese guys. They didn't know what to do. They're just like following me out of a trail, hoping that their boss didn't see that, like, lady bosses doing their work. Wow. And they felt so uncomfortable. I still laugh when I think about that because they just were like, huh? like, go get me a cable. And they're like, oh, I've got something to do. And they'd run and go and get it. And they'd bring it to me.
0: <laughs> Why do you stay here to start with?
1: Oh, I well a number of things um affordable childcare yeah is one of the huge things as yes. a working career person actually i don't think i could be in this place in my career if yes. i was if i had raised kids anywhere else yeah you know and so this is a huge um fortunate uh thing for me the other thing about hong kong uh, specifically lantau island i'm a country kid yeah. right so I live in Lantau where I'm surrounded by greenery and water and beaches and the people in this village become like a local town yes like I grew up in yeah and they know my kids and my kids know them and yeah. that's a beautiful yes. thing to yeah. have and also Hong Kong is still relatively safe so the kids can have freedom to you know ride down to the beach the beach yeah. to meet, meet their friends and um, be autonomous to go into the city to go to school or take the bus to Puyo for soccer training yes. and so that independence um, without me having to drive them everywhere and yeah you know yeah. there's these little compositions of a working family woman's life the, this construct makes it very comfortable yes. for me personally yes. yeah and I'm very blessed that hong kong provides that platform yes that i can have the income um and the the construct to create an environment where my kids are growing up yeah in the way that they are yeah you know there's negatives to that too because we're far from yeah. family yeah. and and all of those sort of things but i, I still think that this construct far outweighs yes. the the negative things of of uh, yeah. distance and time and I'm married to an American so we're not right. going to win that battle no matter where we are <laughs> anyway. Right? That's right, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You're, geographically you're the <laughs> mess aren't you <laughs> Yeah, so that's what yeah. you know,
1: and I just love, and you know as you know there's been a lot of shifts mm. and changes over the last few years through the pandemics yeah. and protests and all of that but still for me the core of what Hong Kong provides for me and my family is um, is really great and I love it. Yes. Community well. is important, you know. Yeah. Massively. And I think a lot of the times when you're, you know, now in in some places that there's such a degradation of community and neighbourly spirit. And yes. And and and, uh, and I see my friends live. They don't know their neighbours. They don't yeah. know their. And I, I just think that's such a shame. I think and that's Wo we, we definitely cultivates a little community and it I does. appreciate that.
0: Do you have a favourite area of Hong Kong?
1: Definitely, Lantau. Of course, yes. I'm going to be biased about yes. that. But I, I think the other special special location, if I was to name another one, is uh Xinhwan, because um, before I lived here in Hong Kong, I lived in Macau, and okay. um, I came over to Hong Kong when I was pregnant for both children to have cho- right. to have them here in Hong Kong yep. at Matilda Hospital, and I, for the two weeks, three weeks leading up to that. Birth, I was in Shanghain with yes. my mother a lot. My mother come over from Australia to be with me. Yeah. My husband was still working in Macau, and we wandered the streets and have <laughs> dinner and yeah. So it was a very special because I've lost my mother now, so oh. it's very special memory. Me and her in Shanghain walking yeah. around. So I have a lot of good memories in the, in that location. So that's another yeah. thing that's very special for me.
0: What I wanted to do now is just sort of rewind back to you know you mentioned you know growing up in the countryside in farming areas in australia you know did you have an idyllic childhood how did that go
1: i did i was the daughter of a pharmacist so we were the local local pharmacist and we you know my mother was a stay-at-home mum for most of it she did go work in the pharmacy after we'd started to go to school and things like that i'm i'm the third child of you know four kids. Okay. So um yeah, and the first the daughter and we lived on the edge of town in this country um country town of 6,000 people at the time. It's grown much more than now. Yeah. It's at the base of a snow mountain actually, Mount Buller. So a lot of okay. tourists come through Mount Mansfield to go skiing. Um, in the winter time, wait a minute, uh, skiing in Australia? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no, <laughs> okay. it's no Tokyo, it's no Japan skiing, but, <laughs> but still, there is skiing there. Yeah, um, wow, okay, absolutely. So it did get cold. I mean, down in Victoria, it's southern Australia, so they yeah. they still have some pretty brutal winters. Yeah, and um, and we lived across the road from fields and mountains, and I think that that definitely started my my escape from my brothers yes. and everything was yeah. jumping across the road going over the fence and running up the mountains you know what I mean so Brilliant. and I don't know why my mother yeah. let me because you know in Australia there's lots of snakes and
0: God, <laughs> things, that, yeah. things that can
1: actually kill you and when I think yes. about it now I was like as a mother I'd be like I don't know if I'd let my 10 year old just run up a mountain knowing that there's like black snakes and brown snakes and tiger snakes and things yeah. like that there and and they were they'd end yeah. up in our house sometimes or in, Um, so yeah, it's funny how they were fearless, but yeah, so I grew up there. It is strange, isn't it,
0: really? Mm. Not to mention the spiders and all that sort of thing, you know. Redbacks, white tails, yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's so funny. I always remember my mum saying, you know, It was such this stupid conversation because they'd always like, so the whole thing is is you can't panic because then the poison, the heart pumps the poison around your body and you'll die quicker. So you just have to get away from this. This is a conversation that they tell you. You just have to get away from the the snake and stay calm. And you're like, how is that ever going to be possible? You know, when you're a kid and getting bitten by a snake, you're not going to stay calm. Like, I just thought it was such a ridiculous thing to say. But, yeah, fortunately, I mean... That is I've had a few close calls with snakes, but I've never fortunately been bitten by one. So that's yeah,
0: good. <laughs> well, God, thank God for that. <laughs> so, you were uh, the only girl uh, amongst three other siblings? No,
1: or? so my, my, I've got a younger sister. Okay, so, as well. two, oh, so yeah, the balance yeah. was set, yeah, two right? And two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same
0: in my situation as well. That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah, good. And yeah,
1: where
0: are you cool. in the. So, I'm, I'm the second one, so older sister. Then me and then brother and sister and twins
1: nice my sister's like three and a half years younger than me it was kind of the three of us and then
0: okay. her, we used
1: to torture poor girl she used to <laughs> cop all of it i remember we, do you remember rage did you did you have rage uh,
0: i'm not sure rage was actually. like the
1: mtv of australia and they okay. used to play the music videos and they had this like little interlude where there's this big face on the screen and be like rage rage <laughs> and um whenever my my sister was like super scared when that face came on so we love watching the music <laughs> videos on a saturday morning but when that came on she'd run out of the room and we'd always make <laughs> her sit on the other side of the room so when she like was leaving we'd try and throw pillows at her and oh knock that's her, calculated knock her, i know knock her over on her <laughs> way out we were so cruel because she was just a little you know toddler uh yeah and is
0: she in a mental hospital now <laughs> she's just a quivering <laughs> little t- jelly she's fish, totally she, fine she didn't give know, her strength god, for, <laughs>
1: god help her that she survived that
0: so then fast forward a little bit and what i jumped out from your cv when i was reading it was that you went to wagga wagga university i mean
1: Wagga Wagga they say oh, and it's yeah. such a random place to go to university yeah. too when you think about it so Where
0: is it to start with?
1: It's sort of inland New South Wales okay. So you know um, uh, not near any of the major cities it's kind of a rural area right. Wagga Wagga anything that's in Aboriginal language is that's repeated yes. means place of many So okay. Wagga Wagga means place of many crows A lot of these are indigenous around that area there's indigenous names for some of the towns uh, at the time of me finishing high school, my father had said, well, what, um, what subjects are your favorites and yeah. pick, pick a, pick a course that fits the, your favorite things, which was actually yeah. at the time, very, very good advice. Cause a lot yeah. of the time people are like, what's your tertiary entrance rank score, which is what you have in Australia TER right. score and, and f- go to a course where you get the highest yeah. score, you know? And my dad was like, no, pick something that that you like and, and the answer to that question my favourite three subjects was art graphic design and theatre
0: right
1: so okay. um, I applied for Victoria College of the Arts which was in Melbourne yeah um, and because you could apply for some in Victoria and you could apply for some in New South Wales so I, and yeah. I applied for Wagga Wagga which was a course called Design for Theatre and Television at the time yeah um, and I got into both okay um, and by far and large the Melbourne University was um more prestigious and probably yes. had a better reputation. Yes, But I think because my parents, I was a country girl, and they yeah. were like, Let, if she stays in the country, we'll,
0: yeah. you know,
1: little girl in the big city or we'll go to a country. So I think they they yeah. really encouraged me to go to the country one. Yes. And and I felt comfortable to go to that one as well. So yeah. it's in the middle of nowhere. But um, it was an amazing time because it w- wasn't the course itself because the course was, itself was fine. But I happened to... Yeah come into a group of about 13 or 14 people that just really loved what they were doing right you know yes and we had an absolute ball making shows and learning about all the aspects of wow. theatrical production yes. lighting sound you know costumes stage management you know all of these things and i i credit my enjoyment from the job from the people that I spent the time and we had you know we had so much fun doing this together and we'd work 16 hours a day building this show at the back of a (laughs) theatre and pushing a combi van on stage because we were doing Black Rock or so I can't remember that play but and so and and becoming very innovative actually about you know there's no budgets for student shows there's no so you have to be very resourceful you have to make things you have to sew things you have to build things and um, I had a very grassroots approach to theatrical education all okay. across the board yeah, which is fantastic yeah. yeah well
0: I think that's that's the way to do it really isn't it I think it's first principles and creating something out of nothing on a very low budget and that, that sets you well I think Sometimes you can be spoiled by spending you know, too much and just having something that's already there on a plate. Yeah.
1: There's a level
0: of achievement, isn't there, I think, in that. Yeah,
1: and understanding all of the layers leading up to whatever your position is. It's really important yes. to understand all of yeah. the components because it's so... Every aspect of theatre is very different yeah. lighting yes. is different than audio different than designing a costume it's, it's a yeah. in every other company if different. you have a, a yeah. company of accountants you're all accountants <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean?
0: spreadsheet jockeys yeah <laughs> but it, a yeah. person
1: that comes into like a theatre thing uh, yes. you've got so many different types of people yes. coming together Midget. and I'm, I'm fascinated yeah. by the compilation of bringing those people together yes. to make a successful product yeah. because it's the synergy with though within those people yes. that create a good show yeah not the individual being yeah. a great lighting designer or a great audio designer etc yeah. etc so
0: and you mentioned that you had 14 people on that course
1: yeah that? it wasn't big and i think Which by the time we graduated amazing. it was probably only about 10 or 11 that actually graduated
0: uh, unbelievable yeah so to to gel you yeah. know together and to work to people's strengths you know, you mm-hmm. work out who's good at who's the one for this and who's the one for that and, yeah
1: absolutely and, and
0: cross learning and stuff I mean 10 people that's that's an amazing thing to do I think actually, yeah for three years three years
1: yeah three years yeah. yeah and I'm still friends to with a lot of them today. Uh, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah no it was a great it was a great time
0: so, yeah okay
1: and at the end of that um, I had I was terrified. I was like, well, I don't feel like I know enough to get a job. (laughs) So it was like, I'd known a lot, but like I, it was, I just had too much fun. I was like, and so, and my course coordinator at the time was like, well, why don't you do an honors degree? And I said, but there isn't an honors degree. And he goes, well, we can write one. Ah. So together we wrote an honors degree for the course. And then I did it. And, uh, when I went into the course, I had aspirations to be a scenic designer. Actually, right. okay and um in my uh final year i actually in my honors year i uh, we did a i did a small design for the regional theater company there so it was yeah. out of the university it was the local regional theater company and we actually toured it around a, yeah. a few towns in um in new south wales with okay. my set design and, and all of that sort of stuff so that was really good and in the industry australia is very small this, especially the theater industry yeah. and a lot of those big roles are held by a very small group of people
0: yes
1: and there's there's no sort of linear progression into those roles i no. couldn't see a path from where i was to being a designer yes. do you know what i mean yes and then there were, and this was at the time when autocad and all of the
0: you know, yeah. we started
1: very manually because it's way back in you know nineteen yeah, ninety nine, yeah. And and then but then computer stuff, and I had yeah. not been trained in all of those,
0: which is very things. technical stuff. Exactly, well. so it's I would have had complex. to started yeah.
1: that course wouldn't have been enough for me to go into. Z. Yeah, Z. I would have had to start doing more AutoCAD and yeah. all of that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, and so I realized, you know what, I am also pretty good at management, and I'd met a lot of local technical directors and 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 people in from Sydney. Who'd run that? Help me run these regional oh, yeah, okay. shows. So I was like, if I've got yeah. some connections, let yes. me go to Sydney and yeah. try my luck.
0: Yeah, there. why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And
1: and do it. And thought so yeah. I'll go. I'll, I'll go into more stage management because I see a path there. I see yes. an opportunity for yeah. for work in that realm.
0: Honours degree was an extra year. Yeah. And then you did you then move to Sydney and then.
1: I just, yeah or? I just packed <laughs> up and went to Sydney and and and, and, and then I it was a rough few years because I I had decided that I wasn't gonna work in a bookstore or a cafe I was just gonna yeah. try and because if I wanted to get in the I'd done four years of a degree if I was going to work in the industry I was going to work in the industry right? stay
0: focused yeah, yeah
1: and that meant doing technician shifts all over the city rigging yeah. lights and running yeah. cables sorting microphone cables together <laughs> doing theater repairs being a mechanist at the back of theatre, bringing mirror balls in in shows and programming lights for dance school spectaculars and all sorts of stuff. And what I didn't realise at the time... But what that was doing was giving a really, really all round education yes. of all the departments that when I stepped into proper stage management, yeah. I had very good comprehension about Broad how they, how yes. they worked yes. and that's definitely very different than say the trajectory of say stage managers in America. They train yeah. in stage management and then they go into and yeah. they don't have they don't have the brew broadness yeah. of understanding yes depth yeah. and like they haven't yeah. fixed a moving light yeah do you know yeah, what yeah I mean? absolutely <laughs> yeah you don't master this job yeah after you leave university no no, it's a, it's a you, i wouldn't have called myself a great production stage manager until i was 10 years out of university and that's the yeah. honest truth yeah because you do you do well and you learn and you're whatever but to master it and people need to people young people want to be in that role right now and yeah. it's great you can and you and there's a lot of talent out there but the depth and the breadth can only yeah. be done and developed over time yeah it really can um, and i have a natural enthusiasm for learning mm, yes, right and and i'm yeah. um, i'm very inquisitive and i like to understand and yes. and that really has been good stead for me to to do that, that and my yeah. my willingness to you know throw myself in the deep end a lot. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started life there in Sydney. Where did it go to from there? I,
1: I bounced around a lot, and I would I would do I did. The great thing about Australian industry is to survive, you've got to be uh, have diverse skill sets. So yeah. I would go in and i stage manage at the Sydney Opera House. Um, in the the concert hall or out in the um, forecourt there and I'd run, I loved, that was a great institutional environment and then I'd go out and do super cheap theatre shows for you know, 400 bucks a week out in Western Sydney with a bunch of street kids and then I'd go and do a corporate gig for 600 bucks a day to get some money to pay the rent and I would bounce around that for a, a good few years and that was, what a great experience to just adapt and i became very chameleon like in the sense of like okay what does this role need what do i need to do yes how do i need to yeah how do i fit in here to get the show going and that became my kind of ethos uh and then i started doing some gigs in you know south africa and vietnam and i did some stuff in new zealand so i started traveling a little bit and working on those projects but what i then i was getting pushed into more like Technical direction and production management, and I was like, But I like to run the show, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to be the manager, I am now, but back then I was a kid and I was just wanted to be in it, I wanted to be in the shows, yeah. I love the feeling of it start on this time and 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 it's in your hands, yeah, and anything can happen, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: so, I decided on a whim. That I'd just like, well, you could, you know, back in that day, I think it still exists. If you're before you're 30, you can get that um, visa to go to the UK, working holiday oh, visa. Oh, right, yes, right, yes, yes,
0: yes. So yeah.
1: I was like, well, I could just go over there and yeah. just try and get on bigger shows. Yeah, you know? yeah. But you come the me, laugh, <laughs> <laughs> because I went there in like November. So it's the worst possible year, like time of year, to try and get started in the UK because it's winter yeah, and yeah. there's no sun. And I'm an Australian girl was, missing a summer. Oh and I was miserable. It yes. was. It was. It, actually, it was September, I think, but it was going into Even,
0: winter. It could have been July, and you know, it, and, <laughs> I,
1: and I was so naive because I yeah. thought. Like, I'll pick up work. I'll find something. But I didn't know anybody. No. I had no network. I had nothing. And I just and left... big it's yeah, big. Yeah. I'd left all this work just to just, like, land in London and be like, shit, what do I do yeah. now? And um, so my boyfriend had got, to, at the time, had got some work and he was doing some corporate work. He was in the industry as well. Okay, And I got a couple of corporate things, but they were just miserable stuff, like out in the, like, Christmas events and, yeah. oh, it was just really bad. And then I got this... Um, Uh, job doing a pantomime. (laughs)
0: Wimbledon or somewhere No, like Worthing A oh, Worthing, okay A coastal town Yeah Do you right. know Worthing? Uh, not well I've been okay. there once or twice There's a actually
1: a, It's a yeah. beautiful like, There's a theatre yeah. on the ocean
0: Yes, okay And on it's the pier, a beautiful it? Yeah, it's on yes. a pier It's a beautiful
1: yeah. space And uh, we were doing a pantomime And I'd never yeah. experienced An English pantomime <laughs> So I had no idea What was going on Do you we're, not
0: have them in us? No, not really Really? No, oh, no okay. And so
1: there were Shetland ponies And dogs doing <laughs> tricks I was like What? Where am I? <laughs> and um, around that time, it was really interesting because I was bored in, um, in London one time. I was living in Stock- Stockton? Stockwell? Stockwell. Stockwell. Stockwell, yeah. Stockwell, in a basement sort of apartment next to some Polish people that smoked pot all the time. And the, the, it just <laughs> reeked and it was just a really unpleasant. And, um, and I'd found a job that was advertised by Cirque yeah. du Soleil, right? Oh, wow. A stage manager. Okay. and in Las Vegas and the funny thing was is that back when I was being a technician in Australia or whatever I used to make a joke to my friends you know one day I'll go to a show in Vegas you know and everybody yeah. used to laugh because you know how would we ever get to Vegas and a visa and <laughs> yeah. the this and the that yeah, like that yeah. it was just like a pipe Housing dream is, yeah. do you yes. know what I mean yep. but something in me was like well I've got time to kill so let me um, Nothing to lose. let me um, let me do this uh, yeah. application so i spent about an hour and a half going through this auto thing, yeah. blah, blah, blah 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 and i sent it and i forgot about it and so i go down to worthing and i'm <laughs> i'm i'm doing a pantomime <laughs> it was so funny and i'm show calling the show and i had a, I, so i had an absolute ball and i met yeah. i'm even in touch with some of the performers via facebook even to this day yeah, you know yeah. um, we're in the industry circling around Brilliant. and um and i get this call and it's from Cirque du Soleil, and yes. they say we yeah. want to organise a video conference. And this is back in the day where wow. you don't have it on your computer. You not it wasn't even Skype days. You know, no. I mean, this is two thousand and. Five, I think.
0: Yeah. And so, digital I, so wasn't I, really out there. No, was, yeah. so I had to
1: take a train up to um, London again on, yes. on my day off. Yeah. Um, and yeah. go to some corporate boardroom in some place in the middle of <laughs> I don't even know where it was, and then I'm sitting in front of this, and I meet these two women, oh and they interview me, and th- yeah. one of them was so one of them was leaving the florida show lanuba to go and be the head of stage management for the new beatles show right and one of them was looking for lanuba to replace her in lanuba so they were both looking for a stage manager one for an established show and one for the creation
0: yeah and the one there's the cert de soleil show that was in florida it's now it
1: closed they they made another one after the pandemic called drawn to life it's a different it's a different show but for many years it ran in florida yeah and um the one that was uh, interviewing for Vegas, her name was um, Carolyn Wild, and she her she went by the name Nog. This used to be a Scottish <laughs> cartoon called Noggin' the Nog.
0: Noggin' the Nog, it yeah, was.
1: apparently she looked yes. like this cartoon <laughs> character, so that's why she called <laughs> Nog with a bob or something like Love that. Anyway, it. so everyone called her Nog. And she was Scottish, and she was looking for stage managers that weren't particularly had circ history and, yeah. and a little bit more diversity than the American stage manager. Okay. So I fit that model. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I, I interviewed or whatever and and yeah. and I got off thing and I went back to Worthing and then I don't know. Three or four weeks later, I get called up, um, yeah. and they're like, "You're going to Las Vegas to work on the Beatles show." So here I go from oh, like
0: my god. The funniest thing <laughs> is, I've,
1: I always love this story because <laughs> I went from cleaning up Shetland pony shit <laughs> in the middle of like this love pantomime <laughs> in Worthing to a three hundred million dollar show Jeez, in Las Vegas. Three hundred million. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now that really beggars belief. I know, it? doesn't yeah. it? So Anna Scott made that happen.
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: that's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. So that's incredible. It was
1: such a such an wow. alignment of the stars in some yes. weird way yeah. because they don't even hire expat stage managers anymore yeah. to, to Vegas shows. They, okay. they only hire sort of American based people. So yeah. it's just the timing and the thing. And so here I am yeah. and I land in Vegas and there's the Beatles and there's Cirque du Soleil wow. and there's money. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. So, yeah. yeah. I'm also not attached to the outcome, right?
0: Yes. And yes. a lot of
1: people have in the past probably mistaken my drive for ambition.
0: Yeah, okay. But
1: it's not I don't need to have the big title right. and I don't need to be yes, in the big paycheck. No. Yeah, I, know I that, just yeah. love to yes. do what I do. Yes. And the result of that has me being yes. getting bigger roles and bigger jobs yes. and opportunities. Yeah. But I also am quite fearless in the sense of like i had a very well established freelance career in sydney and i went yes throw it out fearless go to london word.
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah and and yeah. and and,
1: and I've, I've a number of times and when you if we take the next step after circuit again i throw yeah. myself off the cliff not knowing where i'm gonna land no. and i'm not I'm, and i'm okay with that yes and, and i think that's yeah. being able to free fall into something new without knowing where you land
0: yeah
1: is a t- particular type of person and yes. i've done that multiple times and what's yeah. great about that is most yeah. of the time I've landed in a better place <laughs> <You're> <laughs> maybe, not the, done it. maybe not the England chapl- chapter <laughs> but it did lead because I don't yeah. think I ever would have applied for that Cirque show if yeah. I wasn't miserable
0: yeah okay in yeah.
1: In, in, an, in a yeah. British winter yeah, yeah do you know what I mean yeah I
0: do I do you so, want to dream you want to dream big <laughs> you want to dream big from there and you did yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I also knew I I uh, I adapt really well and I yeah. have a confidence in my abilities. Yes. So even and I don't I don't I don't think that just because people work on Cirque du Soleil or they work on a pantomime, I don't think yes. any of those people are better than the others.
0: No, I would agree. Yes. This the same skills. The the just some
1: people have more money, and yeah. just when people have more money, doesn't mean they're yeah. more responsible with that money, no. or they do better creativity with that money either. Well, the
0: danger is is the opposite, isn't it? Really, that's it. Yeah.
1: One of the yeah. most amazing shows I've ever done in my life was for a street kids out in Western Sydney, and it was the most lowest budget show. But what we did was these group of people had met some street kids in Adelaide, right. and they had developed a show called The Longest Night. And in that yeah. show, they had um, they drank and they smoked yeah. actual pot. And they, this is, I mean, this is really <laughs> like edgy yeah and we brought street kids of western sydney to see the show and basically and they the people that were the characters in the show were actual well-known um breakdancers and beatboxers oh, okay. like they were people that they admired so yeah. they came and they were watching oh these god, kids so and so they big. were like oh my god they're yeah. really smoking oh my god they're really drinking but the whole <laughs> end of that show yeah. was how this is not a life
0: yeah and you've yes. got to do
1: something more with it this yeah this, there's a moral it, the, your perception that the, that you're living this sort of street life is cool it's not
0: cool. yeah and in yeah. the end
1: of the show one of the ki- mothers gets her Child Protective Services takes the child away. Right. And you could hear a pin drop at the end of this yes, play, yes. and you changed people. Yeah. Like the kids walked out there and they were. Yeah. You know when you finish a show and nobody claps. Yeah. But for the right yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly, you know what yeah. I mean? Like because yes. they were like oh. because they're stunned. They're because uh, the messages got through. Yeah. And, and those... Yeah,
1: and it was so profound yes. and so moving and so. Yeah. For me, I hold that gig
0: rewarded
1: as such a as in in the equal measure yes. as working on the Beatles. Yeah, show. yeah, yeah. For me, do you no, know what I
0: mean? I, I, I can put myself exactly there. I agree. Although yeah, well, people
1: yeah. will be like, "Oh my God, you worked with the Beatles!" Yeah, yeah but you know yeah. what? Like,
0: yeah, this is changing people's lives. You know, this is kids that probably will be different once they left that theatre left that production they, yeah. they will have hopefully done something even if 70% of them did something then that was important that that's changed it. lives that's yeah. it
1: and it's so easy to get lost in that corporate theatre machine and, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's wonderful and people enjoy I'm not degrading that but, no, then, I mean, but another experience in South Africa I worked with this um, we did a school spectacular kind of thing and uh, one school was a deaf school and they came they were beautiful like um kids from somehow somewhere in the Hautang region which is yes. the greater johannesburg region and uh they went on stage and they couldn't hear the music so the teacher well, was sat glasses. at the front she had a t-shirt saying i can sign can you and she'd sit <laughs> on the, she'd sit on there and she'd count the music and they did the whole performance but that wasn't the special part the special yeah. part was after the show what we were doing because they never get to see shows or abby and shows yes. as well like this was such a unique experience for them We brought. They they would come down. They would sit in the audience, right? So this deaf school was sitting right in the front (laughs) of the the show, and we were um, we did it when the next school on the next school, and then this school came on and they were doing um, something that had a massive techno beat, right? Right. And so they, the, starts, the music starts slowly and it starts a boom, 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 doom, 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 doom. Yeah. And suddenly there's this screams from the audience, right? And I'm yes. like, what the hell is going on, right? Yeah. And I look around like this thing on the entertainment room, entertainment center floor, and these kids, the deaf kids, they were sitting in front of the subs so they could, <laughs> so feel, could feel the, the music. And they'd never wow. sat in front of a speaker oh, God. that big where they could feel the music. Yeah. And they all stood up. <laughs> and they all rushed to the speaker, oh, which you would never sit in front of because no, of no. course like you'd be deaf. Yeah, you, exactly. you would get deaf yeah. by standing in front of it and they danced their little hearts out oh, and They had such the best man, time. Oh man,
0: that's fantastic. Isn't that amazing? I love that.
1: So I just was like, wow. you know, it was such a beautiful, special moment to see their, yeah. their, their, their faces just light up with this Suddenly you realised,
0: something was just pounding through yeah, 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 their yeah, 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 yeah. skin, yeah, through their like, body. Yeah, they like, what is
1: this? It's music. Yeah. Like, it was just so beautiful. So oh, those special moments just, yeah. you know, are so... Uh, profound in me, yes. in, in my, and what that's that's why I love, yeah, what I do, and I and I those moments make everything that I do. Yeah, you know, I've just been blessed in that sense that I've had those experiences. But mm. even in the corporate world, I will still seek out and try to create environments where those things can happen. Yeah, you know, yes. it, it doesn't you know also the the beatles experience was just so unique and beautiful and special in a way and and, and it was i've never i'd never actually worked in a company that had so many cultures in one concoction do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You've got performers from UK and Poland and Russia and America and Australia, and, you know, and all of this. They're all together, and they've all got these different personalities and their motivations and beliefs. And suddenly, you're in there managing yes. all of that. And
0: yeah, so just for to rewind back slightly, the Beatles thing. What's the sort of the premise of that? What? What? How does that?
1: So Cirque um, du Soleil um, and um, the Beatles had come together to produce a show with beatles music yes um, okay uh based on the and that was a little bit contentious too because in the original um sort of creation of the show um the director had cast four boys that were supposed to play the beatles right and they were going to go on this musical journey throughout the arc of the you know because the beatles music evolved over the 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 decades that they made it um and so they would take the audience through that journey but apparently I I wasn't in the section with with the Montreal um, thing, but apparently when they showed the Beatles, Yoko Ono, Paul McCartney, Olivia yeah. Harrison, and um, uh, Ringo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they they showed them a presentation, and Yoko's like, "You can't have a person playing John Lennon. You yeah. can't you can't do that." So. What happens when when you've got um which is fair I mean that yeah, they yeah. they had artistic agency in in the in the way that it was doing but what yeah. what happens when there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen? yeah
0: yeah,
1: it, it can get really complicated yeah and, and 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 there was lots of rules about you know we can't have two Paul McCartney songs side by side or it has to end with this song and and i I was not oh. privy to all of the okay. politics behind it, but that certainly. Handcuffs yeah. the director to a certain
0: yeah. framework. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean. Yeah.
1: Um, so those poor boys that were cast as the Beatles then became the Nowhere Men, and then the the the, the concept uh. kind of slipped a little bit. And and yeah. uh, anyway, we still created the show. Still was created an amazing show. And yeah. um, I mean, the level of automation and flying people and yeah. I mean, it was most more automation moving on its axis in the first 15 minutes of the show than anywhere else in the world right really and i yeah. got to be the show caller for that and what okay. happened was was that um the creation was amazing and i was one of the first show callers after nog the state yeah, yeah, who yeah. created yeah. it and um so i called the predominantly the first two years of that show so 80 percent of the f- shows for the okay. first two years pretty much and in that in the first two sh- years of that show, is when everything goes wrong, like the lift yeah, stops yeah, or the yes, winch stops yes, or whatever. Yeah. And I was just left to deal with it. No wow. training, just figure it out, man. Wow. Baptism of fire.
0: That's during the the, 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 the tri- that's before it's gone live.
1: No, it's while people in front of the audience. I have in my life done. I've calculated about right. at least two hundred and fifty show stops. I've I've facilitated. In my life,
0: show stops So a show stop is literally just that. Yeah, it, the show has stopped because And I'm talking to the audience, happened.
1: and I'm telling them, no. them trying to fix it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Between because wow. I did circus show calling for uh, almost, <clears throat> I guess, 13, 14 years. So it started That's a there. a tough role. Yeah, it started there, and and but what? But the baptism of fire was. I mean, I always had Nog support, but like it's like okay, yes. in the first two years. You develop proto. You start to learn what is going to stop. Yeah. Often. Yeah. And then you develop protocols to deal with it.
0: Right. But yes. the
1: first time that it happens.
0: Yeah. You're on your no own, kit. Like yeah, you've got yeah. to figure
1: it out, and you've got to figure out how the wow. show gets up. And it's terrifying. You know. Yeah. You got 20 people speaking in your ear, and you're trying to make an announcement to the audience, ladies and gentlemen. Apologise, we have a technical difficulty. Yeah. Can you please stay in your seats, and we'll try and resume the show as soon as possible? And, and in that show. The Beatles' music was recorded, so it was even trickier. Like Cirque du Soleil, other shows, they have a live yes. band. Yes. Right. Yeah. So whenever something goes wrong, you just yeah. tell the band to vamp. Yeah. And you got time to yeah, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But in here, in the Beatles, you have a loop. So you yeah. you're going through the music, and then there's points in the show. And I used to yeah. have it in my prompt script of like loops available here, loops available here.
0: But not here. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. you got it. You got to
1: hit that point, and you tell the sound guy loop yeah. the music, right? Yeah. But um, it was always really funny because in the, the, first, um, the first act, the lifts would come up and we had this whole city built with like foam bricks and then the acrobats would come in and punch through the walls and the foam bricks would go everywhere, right? Right. And then the lifts would drop down and the carpenters would clear clear these bricks yes. and it would take them 10 minutes and then we'd have a whole, I am the walrus. Oh, yeah. I am the walrus. And and there was a, yeah, coo dance on the with the walrus on the top. So they were going... But it was in this time in the first six months of the show that as the lifts were coming down, the bricks were getting caught in the lifts and it stopped the lifts and things would stop. And so you'd have to go into the loop. But you can imagine, Gary, there's only so many times... The loop for walrus was about... Yeah, thirty seconds from memory, right? So you're <laughs> yeah, like, I yeah. am the walrus. Rose, yeah. Yeah, I am yeah. the walrus. Rose,
0: yeah. <laughs> I am oh, the what? Wal- until the audience
1: is like, this is a really interesting mix of yeah, I am yeah. the walrus. Do you know what I mean? They're like, did it? So there's, oh only, there's only so many times in which you could.
0: Yeah, there's, a, there's only so much, and I would so, appreciate.
1: Yeah, so I used to become the stage manager right after yeah. a time where I'd, be, I'd say to the tech crew, is it two minutes or ten minutes?
0: Yeah. Because
1: if it was two minutes, I could run a loop Yeah, and probably not stop the show. Yeah. And if it's 10 minutes or if they couldn't answer, I'd stop the
0: yeah, show. Yeah, you have no choice. You've got to
1: reset and start that yeah. bit again. So I became the, like, because I'd said oh to my, my boss, God. I was like, oh, I just I don't know how to do it. She's like, if you're not getting the right answers, you're not asking the right question. It's it was true. great advice. But so you become really, really Adept agile. Yeah, that. and so yeah. two minutes to 10 minutes. Oh, you can't answer? I'm stopping the show. Yeah, and so yeah. you'd stop and then you'd counsel the audience and then you'd set back up, you'd fix it, you'd get started again. Wow. And so... How, and
0: how big are the audience?
1: 2,000 people.
0: 2,000 people that have yeah. paid a lot of money yeah. to see that work. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, and
0: that's fraught with problems. Just from what you've told me logistically, all these phone blocks and the stage coming down, you can imagine them getting caught, pinged, yeah. to God knows whatever. Happens. And
1: over those first 12 months, you figure out the systems to avoid those things. Yeah. But when you go once you, you create the show, so you say you create the show so fast, it's not really, but it is a yeah. very complex show. So you're not really when you 've created it you don't actually know all the problems that you will have with it no. and so you're dealing with them in real time yeah, with audiences in front of you you know I had this wonderful Ooh. British guy Lincoln yeah. and yeah. he was uh, he played mr. Piggy and he had this really yeah. big blow up suit and he was a British guy <laughs> and he became my savior because um, he he was the only character in the show that yeah. spoke he had a microphone and he used to wear a little in ear uh,
0: and okay. so when
1: um, sometimes in show stops i'd be like lincoln get on gary. stage and start talking you know <laughs> entertain them and he would, he would get on stage i kid you not gary he'd go out there and he'd start a whole monologue about british history around wow. the top wherever we'd stopped in the show into that era yeah, yeah. of british history and start talking about whatever <laughs> churchill da, 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 da and mrs piggy and his wife and and he'd go and it would be like it would be a new show, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'd be like, Lincoln, I need a couple more minutes, man. And he, and he, would give a like little nod, like he, he so you know, TV people have
0: enough. Yeah,
1: t- TV people have yeah. that talent too. They can hear and continue to speak yes, at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. be like, and yeah. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, okay, Lincoln, wrap it up. We're good to go. And he like finish his sentence and just waft off the stage. <laughs> He's oh, such a legend. You
0: need a Lincoln in every show, don't you? It was so. That it
1: was sounds so like, amazing. have we got a
0: Lincoln? What, what's yeah. the show today? We Exactly.
1: Where's, where's my Lincoln when you yeah. need it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, do you, do you ever actually find yourself having to go onto the stage and stand in front of the audience, or do you always remain backstage calling the shots when those things happen?
1: Um, at the Beatles show, um, no, I never. I never had to go on stage no. to manage it. What we would tend to do is the company manager would get on stage and speak to the audience. Right. And yes. Later, when we talk about the fact that I go, we do this in Macau, it's very hard because people are not speaking English. So we had to run recorded yeah. announcements. But what I learned about the difference between doing the shows in Vegas and doing the shows in Macau is people have a lot more empathy when a real person comes out on stage and yes. talks to them as yeah. opposed well, to... Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, as I opposed to um,
0: a yeah, recorded Yeah, just a, a pre-recorded announcement. Yeah, it's cold. Yes. It's
1: cold. It, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was always appreciative when the company manager would, like... Um, come on and explain the situation yeah. because then people would be a lot more patient. Yeah. It. My favorite show stop, if you can indulge me. Yes. was, um,
0: <laughs>
1: always at the end of the week, my boss was leaving to go to, um, Florida and I was like, you can't leave. Whenever you leave, something goes wrong. She's like, no, nah, it's fine. I'm going to be at the airport. Don't worry. You go. And so we were, at, um, in the middle, we have this rollerblading act and they go and, um, okay. And so they're going up and down and up yeah. and down and somewhere in the theater, somebody had knocked um, one of the fire sprinkler heads and set off the alarm, oh right? My God. And so when the alarm goes off, boo, the, light, the work lights come on, yeah. the music stops, it's, it's cold, it was rough, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's happened before, so it wasn't a big deal. And yeah. so we're like, okay, it's no worries. And, and then the technical director said, Anna, I'm gonna go to where, where we think this is. Yeah. And so he goes up to this garage area to, to figure out the situation. Meanwhile, you know, I'm managing the audience and things like that. No big. It was no big deal. And then the the technical director goes, "Oh, Anna, you know, it's fine. We've just discovered the situation." Oh shit! That's all I hear on comms. And and I'm like, and then in the background I hear. Someone in the casino had thought that we didn't have a show and thought, "Oh, there must be a fire." Turn the sprinkler system on. Well, we've got two thousand people in that building, oh, no. and I have never oh, seen God. two thousand people leave. <laughs> Ladies with hairbags. It, it was anarchy, and it's running down through all the automation system oh, and in God. the speaker, in the seats, the speakers in the seats, and it's just like. You can imagine
0: electric sparking? And
1: oh, we were like, I was like, oh no! And yeah, then I couldn't get in there's contact. There's
0: nothing worse that could happen. Surely no. that is.
1: It d- did about thirty, forty thousand dollars of damage, I believe, because lucky it was the last show of the week because then they had a weekend to fix everything. Wow. But people were running out of the. It was disaster. <laughs> and um, beside
0: and, an adventure. Yeah, well. and, I couldn't, and
1: I couldn't get the couldn't get the company manager to respond to the. I don't know where he was. He wasn't there. And I can't officially...
0: I can't
1: officially call (laughs) the show off until the company manager says yes, right? So I'm there Uh, and like, you know, water's running around the stage, uh, the audience is empty, and I'm like, well... You know i think we can safely assume that the show is over but i have to get in contact with the company manager before i can actually call this show off and everyone's like dying and anyway finally i um it all gets sorted out and everyone's gone and the the audience is getting compensated and it's all a drama and i call my boss he's at the airport and she sees that i call from the booth phone right and um and I call from the booth phone, and at the time it was, the show should have still been running. So she yeah. goes, booth phone, goes, yeah. what? And I go, well, you know, when we're not a water show and the uh-huh. audience is getting wet, it's time to go home. And she's like, what? Yeah. So, yeah, that was my, It's one of my favourite memories because oh it was just yeah. a spectacular disaster. Yeah, that's but.
0: seriously, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, there is nothing worse that could nah. happen than that, is there? Really? No, nah. no, that's it me personally i'm interested in house of uh, dancing water Mm. that show i saw it 10 years ago it blew me away anybody that came to hong kong after that right we're going to that show Mm. and just from the start you know for just for listeners really you know the ship comes out of the it's beautiful serene uh you know this is a long time i've heard this is still vivid in my mind Mm. and you went from that to the fantastic trapeze artist extremely high trapeze artist and then finish with the motorbikes you know so how did that all come about
1: well, I, I had done a couple of years at Cirque du Soleil and I had felt like my growth curve there. And, I, and yeah. I wanted to, having seen the creation of it yeah. and not being in that driver's seat, yes. I was like, I want to do that.
0: game gutsy really, aren't I? Or crazy. <but laughs> crazy,
1: yeah. yeah. And I want to do that because yeah. one of the things that I felt, you know, probably over speaking my turn, but I felt like yeah. the Beatles show fell short of what that theatre was capable of. Right. Technically, and if I was yeah. to describe myself um, in um, stage management, I'm more of a yeah. uh, technical stage manager right. than an artistic stage manager. I'm fascinated okay. by the technical capacity, oh. and so I wanted to be in a position where I could work with the director and fully use all that was available to the show. So I left that show. Not again. Threw myself. Off. I didn't have anything. I went to yeah. Montreal. Didn't have a job. Didn't yeah. just left one of the best roles yeah, in amazing. Vegas yeah, for the yeah. show so and solo. on the newer yeah. shows and just yeah. gave up. And uh but I, but again it, it wasn't about the money and it wasn't about the position it was about I want to do that. Yes. And and I was like I spent a few months drinking beer and watching ice hockey. Yeah. Cuz that's what you do in Montreal.
0: Yeah. And then I Clearly. and taking <laughs> a break did, too yeah. because I'd never yeah. really
1: I'd, I'd gassed it mm. all the way from yeah. um you know leaving university to freelancing yeah. to London. I'd never yeah. had a a proper holiday or anything. right. Rah,
0: right. Yes, yes. So yeah.
1: I, I I wanted to do that, and yeah. then um, and then yeah. I looked around to see what companies could do. Was doing similar things, and I found Dragon. Yeah. So I applied to be the production artistic coordinator, which was what the role was um, um, in Belgium. I got hired. And I went over to live in Belgium. So right. we spent two years there. When I arrived, the human chandelier was a picture on a piece of paper. And okay. we did research and development. And we, we tested things out. And then um, towards the end of that sort of developmental period, um, they decided that I should go into that production yeah. stage management role. And what a blessing because then I got what Manager. I left Cirque for the yes. opportunity to, yes. to do that. Yeah. And Franco Dragone, who unfortunately passed away last year, he is a wonderful creator and a wonderful visionary and yeah. he really relies on the production stage manager to feed him what is possible. Yeah. And this we were aligned on and I was I was you know in typical circus shows there's a lot of da, 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 act and transition 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 yes. and the next act transition 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 yeah and both of us were determined for the transitions to be as beautiful and as seamless yeah. as the acts themselves yeah and i think my biggest achievement if i was to say i worked so hard on the science behind all of that yes. in the background of his creativity to make sure that that worked smoothly from scene to scene yeah. and i think that's when people they feel they don't they don't know what they're seeing yes. why, why it feels yeah. so seamless but but they feel it
0: yeah they feel you it you know absolutely yes. yeah
1: and so that's and, and then also just because he has a beautiful vision for the aesthetic yeah and the way that things to compose, compose a stage it's not yeah. about just doing the act it's about the lighting and the people there and the moments and the things so he has a wonderful vision for composition yeah and then my sort of ability to help him technically achieve that vision not just me there's a whole team of yeah. people but I played a, a good key part in that because I'm the one that puts all those cues together yes and I'm yeah. the one that, that that calls everything so when for people who don't know what a show caller is yeah there's everybody's pressing buttons but yeah. one person says go yeah. So there's yeah. Over, there's over 360 something cues in that show. What wow. on average one every 15 seconds. Yeah. You're saying go to something. The right. winch moving, the lift moving, a clear thing, That's the a, pagoda coming up, somebody flying.
0: Two, hour focus. Mm, two minutes, hours focus. 90 minutes. 90 minutes, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. That's a
0: serious amount of concentration.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and 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 a a technical achievement which can only be done with a great yeah. crew and a great cast yes um and then running because then i ran it for six years after that and and maintaining that level and the safety and the yeah. routines and everything massively challenging show yeah. Massively challenging. yeah yeah yeah
0: well you can just watching it the things that could go wrong mm. uh just frightening really you know the heights involved the water the the fact that the whole stage drains of water every scene of that production I would say is cinematically perfect. Uh, and the
1: same thing with the first year of the Beatles show. It's the yeah. first year you run into all the problems. Yes. I mean, there was a little bit of flexibility there because um, the, we had a band. Yeah. So you could ask them to vamp and they, you could yeah, cover they could, some uh, things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there were still some spectacular fails yes. at that show <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And it, it, you're judged on the first year or the first few performances, aren't you, really? So you better
1: get it yeah, near yeah. enough, right? Yeah, I think the right peak of front. that show is around eight to 12 months right because when you first constructed it it's still a bit slow like if i watch the opening night it's unbearable because oh god it's slow but over time you tighten it like a little wrench you know and it becomes really sharp
0: yeah yes
1: and with the core cast that built it there's there's the 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 original energy and the original passion so i would say like about eight months after it's first opened is the prime of
0: that. Because yes. then after okay. that,
1: then the cast start to change over, and the, and right. the new cast will do a, a great time into embodying the first thing, but they're yeah. never going to have the passion of the people that put two years of their life yeah. to manifest that and create that and create yeah. that character. And it's a copy of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Each it's, time, not, it's, yeah. it's not the it's, You're not born from it, yes. it's a copy of it. So, um, And the first two years is interesting. Uh, the people are always yeah. contracted for two years after they've created the show. I, you
0: mentioned, what is it, seven or eight years of House of dancing water um what's happening with it now where's it going to
1: well it closed down in the pandemic
0: it did Um, yes and so
1: now they're starting to put teams together back in to try and get it back up and running so it'll be interesting to see post-pandemic who's coming to Macau and the demographic coming to Macau is shifting and changing so I actually asked myself is like is it is it going to be as popular post pandemic as it yeah. was pre and and we don't know the answer to that question until it gets remounted now i'm in a place of producing mm. i'm a, a, a executive director of entertainment so i'm working for a company that is this is we're trying to put new products and new shows and new yes. things in new markets and these sort of things so this is now that's why i'm quite fascinated by yeah. the demographics and the success because we have to yes. we have to pitch that now to yeah. clients to, yeah. to, to fund the shows for that we want to put on. Yeah. Uh, there's a huge appetite for, for a lot of, not at that level at all, yeah. post-pandemic yeah. but there's still an appetite for entertainment now with the creative teams that I'm working with we're trying to crack that nut of more yeah. uh, lower budget faster to market stuff but still really high quality. Um, yeah. And the other big thing that's changed in the industry is people have the expectation that they want more entertainment on demand. Spotify yes. on demand, you get Netflix on demand, yeah. and so the, the the psyche of booking and going to an eight pm show, yeah. is shifting. Yes. people want to be able to go. Yeah, to,
0: there, on there, their needs, terms. there needs to
1: be numerous iterations of the yeah. thing yes. in a day that people can choose their time on to demand. go to. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. that's a tough nut to crack with yes. with theatrical performances because you can't wear it performances no. performers all through a day. The minute that you put people in a show rather yeah. than an exhibition costs go up people yeah. people power is cost yeah so you know you know all of those um van Gogh exhibitions with the projection yeah
0: yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, yeah. that was a bit of, it's a bit yeah. of a flash in the pan yeah. it's kind of
1: dying now but like yeah. that was a great way to people you know pay 40 bucks to go look at projection.
0: yeah 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 But the what a cheap operational yeah. cost because
1: there's no people right? Yes. so they yeah. banked for a while but yeah. now people are like well i've seen yes, that so kind of thing a- and we be- yeah. i believe in the human element of performance people want to connect people want to feel something people and you can do that through digital projection or whatever but I I, I think human to human that's what theatre is and I think also too that like you know a lot of people for a period of time last 10-15 years made shows for the wow factor yeah yeah And but people are not wowed by technology anymore because yeah. it's so there's so much yes. and there's so many new yes. things like oh look look at the the finer LED wall now and this thing and that it, yeah so, they're
0: sport by CGI as well I yeah think.
1: like so people are, the technology is not necessarily amazing I mean maybe I I'm a bit on the inside for that because I've seen a lot and maybe general public are still wowed by it but yeah. for me I feel yeah. like people still want to go away remembering how they felt about the show, not what they saw in the spectacle. And that requires artistic people to move you yeah and i really fundamentally it doesn't matter what the budget is yeah you've got to come people and be moved by what you see yeah yeah and and that's the goal yeah i agree creating, with you. when you're creating that
0: i even remember where i was sitting for that show <laughs> i can remember yeah. the view i had um, and you know gary you know, it makes me yeah. feel really
1: happy that because mm. i poured my heart and soul into that show and yeah. um and i believe that the synergy of the team that brought built that together is felt on stage Yes. And, and, yeah. and, and that's why the people like it. And yeah, so there's yeah, this yeah. intangible thing. A lot of the time when we make shows, the number crunchers are looking at the creative time, right? Yes. So I always say to people, to you, you yeah. you, worked, you can sell it to a, 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 a financer. Yeah. You you design a lighting design, you buy a light, you ship a light, you install a light, yeah, you, you program light. the light, yeah. you've got the thing. Yeah. But how long does it take to make a great. Yeah creative dance piece. Yeah. How long's a piece of string. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And
1: and I know that time mm. together as a group creates beautiful creativity. Yes. You've still yes. got to have the right people in the room. Because yeah, yeah, you can yeah. still waste ten weeks yeah, yeah. doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 you need yeah. the time. But when number crunchers are looking mm. at your schedule and your time creative, we're like well, why can't why do you want ten weeks? Can we do it in three weeks, you really? like?
0: Yeah. And you've got to be yeah. So
1: damn good to convince them why that ten weeks is necessary.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, how that product changes. I, I think it is the age-old thing of entertainment and arts versus banking, isn't it? To a right. certain extent, is those worlds do not co- collide, and you know there nobody's prepared to pay for free thinking time, and that's
1: that's where creativity. That's drives. where creativity <laughs> right, lives. That's where creativity <laughs> lives. That's where
0: genius lives. Yeah, and all the rest of it. So. Yeah.
1: We were supposed to be in Belgium for six months and then we were coming to Macau. But the theatre was delayed. So we had the team together for one year before we came to Macau. So that extra time meant more content, more creativity, more things to do. When we rocked into that theatre, we had twice as much content than what you see. Yeah. We threw half yeah. of it out because we had too much. And to yes. have, most people are barely scraping in with content in yeah. the show. We had an abundance. Yes. So Franco could go, yes, that bit, no, not that bit. Yes, that bit, no, not yeah. that. And what a luxury. The yeah. untold winner in that trajectory yeah. was an extra six months with a whole group of 100 yeah. people in Belgium working together to create a show. The interesting thing is that with entertainment, it's it's just, it's still a gamble yeah it's never a given
0: no it's not absolutely not And do you know really. how
1: like the statistics of how many broadway shows make money it's uh, very, very poor yeah
0: yeah exactly very good yeah. bo- i'm like i yeah. don't even
1: know why you produce a show
0: yeah yeah <laughs> because
1: yeah. the odds are not good. not good so yeah it's fascinating to me that people still front up for that and that's the yeah. hard sell for for us when we're trying to produce yes. stuff is to get people to believe in yeah in buy your into vision. that time yeah, that yeah. vision and
0: we'll just finish up on your company you're doing this media company what's it called and how do people see it and how would people interact with it what are you expecting people to do with it
1: so uh, our company is called OLC our legacy creations um, and we um, are making actually a bunch of creations that are open to be purchasing to the market we want to be in a position where we're creating the ideas and selling them as opposed to being responding to a client's wishes right Right. because we want to be able to drive the culture of what we think is good entertainment yes Um, and so you can find us at olc.live that's um, we only just started up a few months ago a group of long time Colleagues and collaborators, collaborators together, in there. huh? Not no, there. but I'll try and hire her at some <laughs> point. But but yeah. we, the great thing about it is that you know when you can get to the point where you love the people that you work with, you have a great synergy yeah. together, and you believe in what you do. It, I think, it's very powerful. Yes. And um, so you can go see what we're doing. We've got a number of things of discussion in Saudi Arabia, in Dubai, in Macau. Um, and other and Las Vegas, so Good. we'll see um, what those things are, and you can follow us on yeah. social media and, and see what we get up to. But yes. um, yeah, I'm really passionate now about you know stepping out of you know we talked about I left Australia because I wanted to keep running shows. Yeah. Now my passion is to build a quality team yeah. and to create the environment conducive yeah. for making amazing shows. And, yeah. and I'm really passionate about. Mm. being in a position to do that that's my job now mm-hmm.
0: continue to make a difference
1: that's it, yeah. that's it. and okay. serve the industry wherever that yeah. may be yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: well I think you're trying in the right, you're going to the right places I think mm. so um, you yeah. know uh, fingers crossed for you and I'll follow you avidly and uh, <laughs> I would also say, say I looked on the website the other day I saw a very good interview uh, with about On Me, a good friend of yours that worked on Harry Potter mm-hmm. um,
1: that's
0: right. so that's worth a listen for people I think
1: yeah, so I also yeah. have the website theatreartlife.com and that is a platform I began in Macau actually around 2017 which is an online platform about arts and entertainment globally. I have content producers that yeah. write um, uh, about what's going on around the world and we do podcasts and um, yeah, we generally stay in touch and what a beautiful network that is as well globally. Yeah. It's, it's served my, my work and my personal life to be able to keep in touch with people and and what trends are happening and what work trends are happening and what's going on around the world so it's a great platform also to check out
0: Okay, (laughs) well, thank you very much Anna Rob, Thank,
1: thank you Thank you for having me, appreciate it
0: You can listen to all our Vibrations podcasts published on Spotify, Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music TuneIn and Alexa, Stitcher, Listen Notes Player FM, SoundCloud and a few others Or you can watch on our YouTube channel under Live at VibeHK. Or follow the links from our website at VibeHK.com. The opening and closing music comes from Celestial and is called Green Island Dub, and is on the retrospect final album, On Sale at Vibe. Finally, a reminder that Vibe is open seven days a week, every day of the year, from 12 noon until approximately 6.30pm. Well, that's it for another week. You've been listening to the 46th Vibrations Podcast. I'm Gary Brightman. You get my vibe? Can you imagine what this old island must have looked like to those Dutch sailors when they
1: first saw it? Fresh green. Like a dream of a new world. They must have held their breath afraid it would disappear before they could touch it.